Pulp MX Network production. To this day, when I hear that song, I see you standing there on that lawn. Discount shades, store bought tank, flip flops, and cut off jeans. Somewhere between that. A new view from inside the truck. X racer to racer and eye to eye. A casual look into the personalities of the sport and an experienced perspective into the action from week to week. It's Jason Thomas's industry seating. Presented by Pirelli Tires, Guts Racing, Plum Creek Funding, Pro Glow Wash, Works Connection, Bass Foundry, TL Speed Shop, Grandstone Boots, and Fly Racing. Welcome to the Industry Seating Podcast. My name is Jason Thomas. It is Sunday, January 29th, 2023, and last night was round three, and I know that's going to freak some of you out. Every, every week this year, it's going to be something with the rounds, right? Which is right, which is wrong, whatever. I'm just going off of what they're going to say, and it was round three. We were at Anaheim 2. It was the first Triple Crown event of the year, and... I thought it was awesome, you know, like in the aspect of entertainment. Now, if you're one of the riders that crashed or had some sort of adversity, you probably disagree with that. But the goal here is to put on the best races possible to entertain the fans as much as possible. And I am one of those. I want to see great racing. I want to see excitement. I want to see some volatility in the results. And that is exactly what we got. I am coming to you today from an airport. Imagine that. But I wanted to get this podcast out as soon as possible, and doing it at the airport this morning was the best option for that. So if there's some some background noise or you hear the intercom or whatever, I apologize for that. Um, but yeah, life's hard sometimes. Uh, let's jump into this. But before we do, let's thank the sponsors of this podcast. Couldn't do it without them. Pirelli Tires, Guts Racing, Plum Creek Funding, Fast Foundry, TL Speed Shop, International Vet MX Series. Pro Glow Wash. Did I say Fast Foundry? If if I did, that's okay. I'll say it twice. Grantstone Boots, Fly Racing, Works Connection. Everybody. I don't care if I say them five times. They are such great sponsors. They are so loyal to me. And uh yeah, it means a lot that they uh they support this, as Steve would say, janky little podcast we have here. So thank you to them and thanks for listening. 250 class. We got some we got some changes at the front, thankfully. And it was interesting because all week, and I, I was like very hesitant to, to go with this storyline, but it it was important to talk about. And even if it didn't play out, it was notable enough that we needed to cover it, and that was Jet Lawrence's difficulties at Triple Crown events. He's only raced two of them, so you could say, well, you have a small sample size. Let's not get carried away. The guy's been phenomenal. And all those things are absolutely true. But the facts remain that at both Triple Crown events last year, he had troubles. And I don't know what to point or why to, that is or what to point to for those. And I still don't because you watch last night and he has more issues than he's had all season, pretty much last year and this year. And there really should be no reason for it. You know, let's go back to Arlington last year. He was all over the place, right? Hole shotting, crashing, ruins Austin Forkner's season. Very uncharacteristic of 
Jet Lawrence to make mistakes like that. And you just wonder, is this something that's creating itself, right? And I'm looking, I'm trying to think of the right cliche or phrasing here, but it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy of where, oh, it's a triple crown. I struggle at triple crowns for some unknown reason, and I'm going to struggle again, right? And you almost create your own confirmation bias by reinforcing this thing. And I was talking with Will Christian last night about it. And she's like, if he doesn't break this cycle and he continues down this path where every time we go to a triple crown, he's all over the place, he's going to reinforce that into his head. And then it gets that much tougher to kind of break out of that cycle and to break out of, break out of those negative thoughts. So I really thought going into last night that I was going to talk about it in the opener and then nothing would come of it. And it would be just this non-issue and almost like a wasted point. That's not what happened. We got immediately, we got all the things that we not, we were definitely not hoping for, but that we were careful to watch for. So for Jet, you know, he got off to a good start. He's sitting there in second. I think he could be patient there, but he crashes, right? And he, he just loses the front end high sides over a bump, which is not really a huge deal, but given his past results and given the issues that he's had, it was very much out of character. And that's really where the trouble comes in is once you make that first mistake, once you allow yourself to get into a vulnerable position, you open the door to all the chaos. You get into the middle of the field, you're racing with guys that you're not used to racing against. And that's a huge part of this. You look at St. Louis, the crash he had last year, he's not used to racing against a lot of these guys. And when I say that, I mean their, their corner entry angles are different. The way they attack the track is different. And he just doesn't have a lot of experience with mid-pack guys. He's used to racing at the front. And it's, it's just a different game. So the first mistake is really what opens the door for everything else. Because I think if he, if he gets to the front, just like he did in race three, he's able to avoid all of that stuff. But again, he didn't. We get the storyline that we were wondering if we were going to get. And it opened the door for your eventual winner, which was Levi Kitchen. And Kitchen did everything he needed to do. Now, was it a perfect night for Kitchen? No. He had a huge crash in qualifying practice. He, it wasn't like he just dominated, but that's okay. When, when people give you an opportunity, just like he got, you have to take advantage of it. And to Levi Credit's credit, Levi Kitchen's credit, sorry, he did exactly that. And I don't, you know, it, it's easy to say, well, he settled in that final race. I don't, I don't know, man. Saying that he settled and, and could have gone up and beaten Jet, I don't necessarily think that's fair. And, and history would say that's not the case at all. But he didn't need to do it. And he, thankfully, he had built up a cushion where he could just bring it home in second and get his win. So it was a cool story. It was cool for Kitchen. He's a nice kid. He's had a really rough start to 2023. And that was a nice way to kind of right the ship a little bit. And for the team... And for him, they needed that badly. Um, it has not been a typical, uh, let's see if I can get this right, Monster Energy Yamaha Star Racing start. Um, we've had that title drilled into us on the TV side to get right. So you wonder where this takes him, right? They have a couple weekends off. I just think it gets him back on track. I don't think he's as good as Jet Lawrence. I don't think he should be expected to beat Jet Lawrence. But he should be a podium contender. And I think this just gets him back into that fray. Styles Robertson, similar type story, right? We expected him to be a top five guy and battle for podiums 
here and there. And that's what we got last night. You know, I got to speak with him on and off air on the podium and he was bummed. Well, happy and bummed, right? He's happy that he's on the podium because he needed that. But he also understood, as did Jet, as did Levi Kitchen, that there was a win in the cards going into race three. They all were eyeing it. And he gets third out of, you know, what the, those three positions that they're all looking at. He kind of comes out on the short end of that. So he wasn't thrilled on that. He was happy one race two. That was really cool. Good for him. And uh, yeah, podiums are always good. No matter how you get there, regardless of how you, you know, you draw up the formula to accomplish it, it's still a really, really positive development. So good for the team. You know, I don't have a lot of ties there or anything, but I watched them struggle through a a couple of rounds and it's always good to have a little bit of success. Maybe it, yeah, maybe they were due for a little bit of a struggle, right? That team has just been a juggernaut over the last few years. Um, So I think some adversity is uh, is not always a bad thing at times. RJ Hampshire is kind of on the the flip end of all this. You know, he has such a just a great opening race one, wire to wire. You know, a couple of little mistakes here and there, but you know, kind of won pretty easily. And uh, there's just drama everywhere around him. And I, I'm sure leaving race one, he's like, oh man, this is my this is my opportunity. The door is open to get some points back on Jet. And then as soon as the door opens, it just slams shut. And he has a horrible race two and race three. Big crashes. Um, thankfully, I don't think he's seriously injured. But he really did some damage to himself as far as championship chances. And I always say when you're dealing with somebody like a Jet Lawrence or go back through whoever you're talking about, a Tomac or a Carmichael or whoever is the dominant figure that you're up against, when they give you an opportunity and when they give you a little bit of air, you have to make the most of it because in most cases, guys like that, they're so efficient and they're so effective at sucking the air out of a series. And when I say that, I mean, they just don't give you any opportunity. They don't make mistakes. They don't leave points on the table. When they don't win the race, they get second or third and any opportunity that you may have to gain big points, they just don't allow it. They just don't give it to you. And, and, they maybe will let you get a few points here, a few points there, but you don't get these gigantic points hauls on them. So when you have the opportunity, like a, a Jet Knight, this triple crown where he's screwing up, you need to maximize. Like RJ really needed to win A2, and he was set up perfectly to do it and just could, kind of couldn't hold it together. So tough to watch there. I know he's probably really frustrated um, this morning, but hey, that's – uh. That's why they hold the races. So um, don't feel sorry for him. He's he's just gotta he's gotta perform there. When he has an opportunity, he's gotta win. So he will uh, he'll get a chance to regroup. I'm sure he's pretty sore this morning. But uh, yeah, series isn't isn't lost yet. He just needs to uh, yeah he just needs to come out swinging when they go back to uh, to the West Coast in Oakland. Cameron McAdoo, you know, obviously he was a big story for the night because of that enormous crash. I mean, just gross how hard he hit the ground in the whoops. You know, the side angle, pretty nasty. Like, no, none of us want to do that. Like, I, I'll, I'll pass, you know, if that off. If, if you're offering for me to crash in the whoops, no thanks. But that angle from the front, and if you haven't seen it, go on Instagram and find it. It is disgusting. And if you turn the sound up, you can hear him hit. Like, you can hear how hard he hits the ground. It's brutal, man. And that guy can take a hit. He is tough. Uh, I didn't think he was going to be able to race. He rode around in the final qualifying session of the afternoon. 
and I say rode around, he, he literally rode around. And I'm just like, I don't know how he's going to be able to do this. But we should have known. We watched Atlanta where he, like, that was one of the dirtiest crashes I've ever seen in my life. And he still gets out there and races. So if anybody's going to tough it out, you have to give Cameron McAdoo the benefit of the doubt. And he, he did it, man. He rode around, fought through a top 10, saved his, his chances of a good season, right? He had to be in so much pain. And I've been there where you're riding through an injury and you're riding through pain. It's not a lot of fun because you are not able to do it the way you want to. You're, you're riding around and, and you're compromising your technique and you kind of have to let people go at times because you just can't push. Your body's not strong enough. Like you just literally don't have the strength to hold on at times, like to go as fast as you know how to go. So I give Cam a ton of credit. Um, yeah. Okay. If you want to take the other side of that coin, he needs to stop crashing. Like we all know that, but what's, what's done is done. And he fought through a really challenging afternoon to, uh, yeah, to get some points out of it. Enzo Lopes, really rough night, right? He had been great through two rounds. That was not, that was not a good round for him. Um, just, yeah, crashes, inconsistent, um, not the night that he was looking for really at all across the board. There was just not a lot of great things to talk about for him last night. Phil, man, Phil, his teammate, Lopes, his teammate, and, and I think will be brother-in-law, if not, whatever. Uh, He's winning the damn race, right? And I think everybody, even if you're not a big Phil fan or you don't know a lot about him, it's hard not to cheer for the guy who's been around forever. You know, he's a lot older than all these guys. Um, he's great to talk to. You know, he has a very unique personality. And to see him winning in the 250 class was cool. It was. I really thought he was going to win. He had like a almost six-second lead. I'm like, he's going he's gonna to do this. He's going to manage the race. He just needs to put these laps together. And I think maybe he got a little nervous. It'd be interesting to hear from him. Um, you know, he, he missed a few rhythm sections at times, which really cost him. Uh, but still, either way, great to see Phil out there. It was a really cool storyline um, amidst all the other drama. You had all these championship contenders having their issues. But to add Phil winning a race uh, into the mix was, uh, was really, really cool. A couple of last notes on the 250 class. Um, I don't know what Husky and Kawasaki do here. If you didn't hear, Joey Swole broke his humerus this week. So he is out. He was Husky's 250 guy for the East Coast. He's done. So what do they do? You know, to me, I look at the situation. I think they have to pull Talon Hawkins up. And if you watched last night, you saw Talon Hawkins got third in the, uh, the Futures class. But make no mistake, he's not ready for prime time bearing the load of being the the team guy for Husky. You know, he's not. He, he's too young. He's too inexperienced. Now, can he race and can he make main events? Probably. You know, I, I think that's a fair ask. It's not a guarantee. But you look at – that's a factory OEM team. Like, they're expected to be in podium contention. He's not ready for that. So I don't know what the answer is. I, I think they just have to put him in there and hope for the best. The thing I would say with that is just manage expectations. Don't go in there thinking like, well, next guy up, Talon, you've got to be the guy now. You've got to go in there and get a top five because that's that's not fair. That's not fair to him and his career trajectory. Like they were on a path to let him mature and develop, and you're just going to hit the fast forward button on that. Like he's not. He's not Jet Lawrence, right? He's not prepared for that step. So interesting story there. And then Kawasaki 
same thing, only different. Everybody's hurt. You know, McAdoo is the last man standing, and he's half standing. Like, he's on his knees, basically. They lose Joe Shimoda this week. They lost Ryder DeFrancesco a couple weeks ago. Carson Mumford's not ready, right? He would be the guy that, you know, you would think about. He's not ready. I don't even know what the rules are there if he could go. But they don't have a guy right now for the East Coast. So I'm not sure what they're going to do. I know they've been talking to um, Cedric Severus. So maybe he's a possibility of a guy that they could put in. But there, there are not many great options. You know, they have to really start scouring the, uh, the privateer list and see what's out there. Because for a team like that, similar to Rockstar Husky, you want guys and you need guys that can win, right? Monster, Fox, these companies are paying a ton of money to the pro circuit team to win or to be on the podium. That's what, you know, this is a storied, maybe the most storied team in the pits. And to not even have a guy that you can count on to be in the top 10 is, it's really, really tough. So I don't know what the answer is here. I don't know that they know. I, I would have guessed they're having a big, team meeting today i saw them talking monster some people from monster they're talking so i'm sure they're trying to formulate a plan i just don't know what's out there like i don't know what what even the possibilities are to for that plan let alone executing it so really tough spot you got to feel for mitch even if you don't like that team or you hate kawasaki or whatever you still there has to be some sort of little part of you that has uh you know Feels feel sorry for those guys because they've just been through the ringer. Like every rider they have is injured. It's just a really tough spot, and they they're all in, right? They put every ounce of effort. That team leaves no stone unturned. Uh, you know, for years it was basically like people couldn't handle working there anymore because they worked too much. Like I, I've heard that story time and time again. It's like they want to be on the team, they like winning, but they can only take so much, and that's just what Mitch Payton asks and demands out of his team. So to see that level of effort and uh, it's the right word, dedication, and just to get slapped in the face by injury after injury is, uh, yeah, it sucks. It's, uh, nobody wants to see that. So let's jump into the power rankings. But before we do, I want to thank the sponsors again. Pirelli Tires, go to their bio. I think the sign-up for their amateur program ends, like, right now. So it may it's, – it's right around now, but go to at Pirelli MX. There's a link in their bio, and you can join their amateur support program. If you are in the market to buy a house, things are a little better. Rates have come down. Prices have come down. Maybe there's a little bit of an equilibrium there, but you can reach out to Plum Creek Funding and ask Zach Morris about it. They're licensed in California, Colorado, Nevada, Texas, and Florida, and they can help you in other states too. They can refer you, but just ask questions. That's that's my advice um, is to reach out to Zach and get more information. Guts Racing, they are exploding onto the e-bike market scene. They have seat covers. They will have full seats soon for all the uh, the e-bikes out there. That's a really big deal. Huge market, as you know. Of course, they're in Power Sports, sponsor of Rockstar Husky. They sell seat covers, seats, graphics. They do all the cool stuff. Um, so check out Guts Racing as well. Got to see uh, Andy a couple times over the last few weeks, which is always great. Uh, Progo Wash, Ryan Humphrey, and the team over there at Pro Action Fluids have a great product out in Proglo. It's a wash formulated for power sports. Why would you use anything else? This is purpose built for exactly what you're doing. And I don't care if you race quads. I don't care if you ride your quad in the mud. I don't care if you race off-road. I don't care if you race moto. This is what this product is made for is to get that dirt, chain lube, all that stuff off of your motorcycle. So check out Pro Glow Wash. 
Grandstone boots. I got a new pair of Grandstone boots. I haven't even got to see them yet. They're at my house right now. And I've been, <laughs> I feel bad for the team, Wyatt and the crew over there, because I've been really asking for a lot lately after a whole year of not really doing much. I have, I have almost everything I wanted, but they came out with all these new products. And I'm like, sorry, man, I really need these. So I don't, you know, give me a discount. I'll buy them, whatever. But just such a great product. And I like looking nice. And Grant Stone Boots can, can help you do that. International Vet MX Series. Great crew over there. The first round is coming up April 1st, Sandy Valley. Check out the team over there. It's a, just a fun weekend. You get to ride a million laps, right? They do up to like five motos on a given weekend. And that's the thing about local racing that I don't like is you – I did this my whole life as a kid, right? You sit around all day, and then you get to ride four laps. And then you wait another five hours, then you ride another four laps. That's tough, right? But these International Vet MX Series races – there's things going on all the time. They have live music. You get much more riding time. It's kind of an older crowd, right? A lot of business professionals, guys have been around the sport for 30, 40 years. So like-minded people that are just there to have a good time and enjoy riding their motorcycle and getting a ton of track time. So check those guys out. TL Speed Shop, Jason Cobb and the crew in Wickenburg, Wickenburg Arizona. It's totally plug and play. You can fly into Phoenix. They'll pick you up. You can go to Sedona. You can go on a wine tour. I think they're on a they're on a ride right now. I saw their their Instagram or Facebook. They're on like a two hundred mile ride at the moment right now. Um, you can go to Baja. You know, you, I, I think if you call them and say, "Hey, this is what I want to do," they can figure out a way to do it. But they're you know, it's all side by sides. They have a trophy truck program too. It's just a really great program. I like the corporate aspect of it. You can do like corporate retreats and and team building type stuff. Uh, but really great group of guys over there at TL Speed Shop. So check those, check them out. Works Connection, they have the all new Yamaha foot peg mounts. And that's something that Chris Kiefer developed. And they're, they're really excited about the improvements that that made to, uh, you know, the rider triangle, as they say. Obviously, the Pro Launch Start device, getting their guys out to good starts. Jet Lawrence ripping hole shots week after week. Eli Tomac, probably the best starts of his career. It's really hard to argue against that uh, ever since he went to Yamaha and he uses that Pro Launch Start device. So thank you to Works Connection for being on the show as well. And last but not, oh, Fast Foundry. I didn't touch on Fast Foundry. If you have a small business, if you work at a big corporation, I would bet you that Fast Foundry can help. They have a ton of options for you know optimizing your business. If you want to do a virtual event, if you need help with accounting, if you are super unorganized, like I can be at times, they can sort all of that out for you and get you dialed in. We're still in this really tough economic environment, right? And the stock market's just ripping right now, going crazy because everybody's thinking that the Fed is going to stop raising uh, rates and all these things. It's all, it's all opinion and hope and conjecture and nobody knows, right? So what I look at is what's going on in the real economy. These rate hikes are still working through the system and we haven't felt the full effects yet, right? Liquidity is is getting worse. It's tougher to borrow. The interest rates are higher. So if you can get money to borrow, it's going to cost you more. All those things, they're lagging effects. So it's going to get harder. Point being, you need to be in the best spot possible if things do get much worse. That's my best advice. That's what I'm doing in my own personal life is I'm trying to shore up every aspect of my financial life. So if we do have some sort of issue, I'm prepared for it. And I apologize for the noise in the background if you hear that. But there is, there's never a downside 
to having your financial house in order. I, I can promise you I've been on both sides of the coin. I've been a mess and in really bad financial shape, and I've been pretty secure. And I can tell you, you sleep better and you, you're happier when you're more financially secure. So Fast Foundry, I think, can help you with every business aspect you may have. So reach out to Robert. Not like I always say this. If you have questions, ask them. You don't have to go with them, to them with the solution. That's not how this works. You go to them with a problem, and a company like Fast Foundry has the solution. That's, that's the way these things work. Last but not least, Fly Racing. And thank you to RJ Hampshire for winning race one last night. We need all the exposure that Fly Racing can get. And, uh, yeah, it's funny. I had to wear Oakley goggles on the show last night. I'm sure someone at work at Western Power Sports is going to say, dude, what are you doing? Trust me, I don't work for Oakley. I'm just doing what I'm told. Um, it's not an easy situation for me. I like the Oakley guys. I've been friends with Anthony Paggio at Oakley for 30 years. But still a really tough business dynamic. Um, I wear Oakley sunglasses, so, you know, it is what it is. It's just not the easiest dynamic in the world for me to navigate, especially when – Fly Racing has such a great goggle program and we sell tons of goggles and we are growing that goggle program. It puts me in a tough spot, but it's it's okay. Bigger tragedies have happened. Uh, so, but check out Fly Racing's own pro goggle. Let me just say that on the back end. Um, but anyway, let's jump into the 450 class. Let's do the power rankings. They moved around a little bit this week. I, and, and for the first time this week, I didn't look at last week to compare, right? So I tried to go off of what I thought without any sort of bias in my brain. I just thought, okay, where do I think these guys should be? Don't look at last week. Don't let that affect your thoughts. Just go off this week. So at number 10, I have Joey Savacci. And this is the first time he's been in this all year. And I'm going to take a sip of coffee. So hang on, Joey, if you're listening, just take a breath for a second while I drink my coffee. Okay. Uh, Obviously, Joey's not listening. But anyway, I thought Joey's been good. Like, he's been really solid. Now, has he set the world on fire? No. But he's he, look at the guys he's battling. on. You know, he's not on a factory bike. He's not, he doesn't have all the resources they have. And he's been 9, 10, 11. I think he's been really good. And I think he is the first-round draft pick for anybody looking for a guy. And if Malcolm Stewart's out, which we don't know. We don't know what his diagnosis is just yet. But if he's out and you're Rockstar Husky, you're calling Joey Savacci immediately. That's that's my opinion. Uh, but we'll, we'll see if anything happens there. But you have to think Joey is is waiting in the wings there for a full factory spot. So good good job to Joey. Like He's doing really well under the conditions, in my opinion. Number nine, Adam Cincerillo. Funny that. He is number nine on his bike, and he's number nine in the power rankings. And I think he's going to climb the ranks, but I have to be fair. I can't just give him credit. I think this is where he deserves because even if he's, he hole shots, he ends up in this seven, eight, nine, ten spot, right? So he, that's where he deserves to be at the moment. I think he's capable of much more, but you got to earn it, you know, and those guys are forcing him to earn it. They're shuffling him back. And I think he's being, he's doing the right thing. He's being smart. He's not forcing it when it's not there. He's not ready to stay at the front the whole race yet. So I applaud him for the patience he's showing because that's what everybody's been saying. Like you've got to just wait this thing out and just do the laps, just see the checkered flag each week. And if I think if he does that, the results are going to come right. And you, but you can't put the cart in front of the horse. You can't get impatient and say, you know what? I'm tired of getting ninth. I'm going for it. 
that's what gets you in trouble. That's what puts you in a position to be out for the rest of the season. And Adam can't afford that right now. Mentally, physically, he can't do that to himself again right now. He's just mentally, I don't think he can handle it. Like psyche wise, another big injury. I talked to him. I talked to him before the season. I know him and he's not in a spot where he's, he's ready to take on another big injury. That's, that's just my opinion on it. Um, he needs to find some, some consistency and some longevity, at least in this season, like just finish this season out to give him some sort of reprieve from all the, the injury and the therapy and sitting on the couch and all the, the self-doubt and uh, not achieving the goals that he set out for himself and what he believes other people have projected onto him. Um, he just needs to work through that. Number eight is AP, Aaron Plessinger. And he was really spicy in that first race, right? And then he crashes, and then we really never saw that again. So you're seeing flashes of it, um, but he, he needs to he needs to finish it. He needs to get the result. And his boss's boss, Pitt Byer, who some of you will know that name, maybe some won't, but he was a former factory MXGP rider way back in the day. He's the boss of KTM Racing. You know, like Roger answers to him, Ian Harrison answers to him, all the the MXGP KTM teams answer to him. He's way up there, right? Like he has bosses, of course, everybody has a boss, but he is pretty much in charge of all of racing. Like you, MotoGP, he's the boss of MotoGP. So yeah, all of it. So when he comes to a Supercross race, you need to do well. It's a big deal, right? So I'm sure AP had thoughts of that yesterday. He's in the contract year. And I'm sure he wanted to put his best foot forward uh, in front of Pitt because he would just yay or nay. He can sign him or not sign him. You know, that it's just that simple. He says, we're giving Aaron another year. They, he can do it. Like, <laughs> no one's going to tell that guy no, I promise you. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it was a big night for Aaron. And I thought he was pretty spicy at the beginning. He just needs to follow through on that. Number seven is Dylan Ferrandis. And if you're wondering where Mookie is, he's not there this week. He didn't race, so I took him out. So uh, don't don't expect Mookie, Malcolm Stewart, to be in here. Dylan Ferrandis, uh, you know, nothing crazy. He's not getting on the podium. He's not going to grab the headlines, but he's been quietly solid. And you look at his finishes, he's gone 4-6-5, I believe. Let me double check that. Uh, yeah, 4-6-5. And that's really good for him, right? Because the, the knock on him, has been he hasn't been consistent. He's been all over the place. He's crashed. He hasn't finished Supercross series. He hasn't been able to avoid the mistake. He's doing that this year. And that's a credit to him. Good job. Now does he want to do better? I'm sure he does. I'm sure he wants to win. I'm sure he wants to get on the podium. But you have to walk before you run. And I think logging these finishes and building a base that you can project yourself off of is a big step. And uh, yeah, good job to him. I think he's made a big step forward this year so far from where he was, you know, last Supercross season. Number six, Justin Barsha, not his best night. Nothing really to write home about. Um, he did have a crash, which hurt him. But, you know, he came off a podium last week, so it was a step back from that. But I think so far he's been pretty solid. You know, the first round has that big crash while he was running first, second, whatever. Gets a podium at San Diego, and then this week was not quite there, but I think he's been okay. If you can stay on the podium, you get a podium once or twice a month. You know, once a month is is enough. Like that's you're doing well. You're gonna get a new contract 
if you're on the podium once a month. And that's what he's in a contract here. He made mention of it in the press conference last year. That's really important. And you go back to, I go back to my comment about Pitt Byer. Pitt makes the decision for Gas Gas. So it's just as important for Justin Barsha as it is for Aaron Plessinger. And it's just as important for RJ Hampshire and all these guys. Pitt Byer being there changes the game. It's just more important. So for Barsha, I'm sure he was wanting to follow that up and have a good showing in front of his boss. Well, his boss's boss, right? Number five, I have Ken Roxon. And you could make an argument he should be higher because he's gone, what, four, no, five, four, three. So to have him at five, I understand. I get it. Um, but somebody has to be five. And, and all these guys, you can move them back and forth. I almost put Roxon higher. And he's on the precipice of moving higher. I'm going to leave him at five just because I didn't see enough to where I thought he was going to win last night. He was close. He was riding well. But I, I just think he's missing like that little half a percent still. I liked what I saw from him. Don't get me wrong. It was an improvement over both of the first two rounds. He looked more comfortable. He was the only one jumping that one section, which says a lot. I just want to see him break out. I want to see him get a whole shot and just smoke these guys in the first two laps. That's what he used to do. He would have so much opening lap speed that nobody could touch. I haven't seen that yet. So it's he's chipping away at the things that I'm asking, which is a really positive sign. So I don't want this to come off as a, as a negative just because I moved him back. Um, I just think he's he's still missing a couple of little nuances that I want to see him get. And and maybe maybe he'll get there. I think there's a really good chance that he finds those things. Number four, I have Cooper Webb, and these, this is where it gets really dicey. You know, these top five guys, you could they're really close. And Webb didn't get on the podium. You know, he had uh, – it wasn't the week he had at the first two rounds, so I can't keep him at two or three. Um, he rode really well in the last of the races. You know, race three was his best one. I don't know if he was trying to figure out the bike. I don't know if it was just bad starts. I don't know what it was, but he didn't have the same flair – that he had at the first two. And maybe it was just because the races are shorter. We know how good he is in the, at the end of the race. So maybe that hurt him. Just not having time to work through and wear guys down and, and really exert his strength, which is the final five minutes. So that, that could certainly be a thing. I don't think he's upset. You know, he's only four points down. He did gain points on Tomac. Um, Sexton's back in the mix now. But I think overall, big picture, you got closer to the lead. That's that's the silver lining out of it. Number three is Jason Anderson, and Anderson gets on the podium. He gets second overall on the night. That's a that's a net plus, right? I think he was a little bummed that Webb passed him in race three. That was the feeling I got from interviewing him is he wasn't happy about that. He feels like he should be better. But I think you just have to take the positives and keep moving because the first two rounds, he blew it. He screwed up it was of his own accord, and he made mistakes. This week, he still made a couple of mistakes, but they weren't enough to be detrimental, right? Second place is really good, gets him back on track. He was fast all day, and it it's, you know, flashes of the Jason Anderson that we saw last year. He, went, he won one of the races. I believe it was race two. So you're seeing it come out again. Right, you're seeing Jason Anderson of 2022 show up in 2023, so that's a positive development, and I think that's what he really needs to hang his hat on. Don't worry about race three; just take the second place overall, ride the positives, and roll into Houston. 
Number two is Chase Sexton. And I mean, what more can you say? The guy was great. Um, he wins the overall. He was incredible all day. I mean, absolutely lights out in qualifying sessions. He was so damn fast. Um, and after the qualifying afternoon, I was like, yeah, he's going to win. You know, like, okay, anything can happen. This field's super deep. Starts matter. All those things. But I was, I was really confident that he was going to win. And uh, he got it done. So congratulations to Sexton. This is the Chase Sexton that we all thought we were going to see coming into 2023, right? We leave Fox Raceway and we leave Motocross the Nations last year. And we're all like, yeah, Sexton's a real deal. Everybody better come with their A game if you want to deal with Sexton in 23. And this was the first night where that really came true, where he was just a totally different guy, sure of himself, running up front. And uh, yeah, grabs the overall win. So maybe this is the start of something. He moves up to only four points down in the championship. And for a series where it felt like maybe Tomac was going to start to slip away, now we have a totally different feel, right? We'll talk about Tomac in a second, but Sexton closes the gap down to four. He's right back in it. Webb's only four down. And you have, in my opinion, three out of the best four guys championship-wise right there. You know, Anderson's a little bit back. He's got some work to do. But those other three are all in striking distance. To leave California, we have one more here, I get it. But to leave and go to Houston and then Tampa with the top three within four points, that's a great development to have happen for the series. And for all of us, we want a close series that goes down to the wire. That's exactly what you'd want to see is a little bit of adversity for Tomac, bring the points back together, create some more um, tension at the front where everybody feels under a little bit of pressure. And that's what we got. So great for the series there. Speaking of Tomac, what a crash, man. You don't see Eli Tomac, and he's number one, as you probably guessed. You don't see crashes from Tomac like that. Like, I'm racking my brain trying to remember the last really big Tomac crash that I saw. And I I honestly don't know. Like, I'm talking, we'd have to go back years and years to where it was a big one. Now, yeah, he falls over. Yeah, whatever. Like little ones here and there. Everybody has tip overs. But I'm talking like a big one. And that was a big one. Make no mistake. Flipping, bouncing his head off the tough block. He's lucky he landed on another t- tough block. But that's was very out of character for Tomac. And I don't know if he was frustrated with not being able to pass Webb. I don't know if he was rushing it because he wanted to go try to chase down the lead. I, I don't know. You know, it, it's just something you don't see. So you have to start wondering why. And maybe it was just a one-off mistake. That can happen too. But he is not prone to those. Um, So it'll be interesting to hear his comments this week, if he does make any, about what happened. He just got offline, right? He just jumped too far to the left. But he's usually so precise and so just bulletproof against those mistakes. Um, so I was shocked. It, it really blew me away to see him have that big of a crash because we don't see it. It's, you know, like take the most unlikely scenario you can think of. And it's right up there with that um, to have him flipping through the air like that. So thankfully for the series, he's fine. You know, uh, Will Christian on our broadcasting talked to Jeremy Coker over there and everything's good. He's fine. Not hurt at all, which is awesome. He'll be good to go for Houston and the series rolls on. But it certainly added some excitement and brought the points back down. I will say, though, Ricky Carmichael made a point on our post show. He's worried for Tomac now because everything's been going right for Tomac for so long now, right? You look at all of 2022, just on rails, can't put a foot wrong, winning, 
wins both titles, wins motocross and nations. This is the first real problem and first real piece of adversity that he's faced in a very long time. And Ricky is wondering and hypothesizing that this is going to set him back. Like his confidence will take a hit from this. I don't know. I don't have as strong of an opinion as Ricky does. I think if, if Houston goes to plan, I think it's just a blip and we just keep moving. But I will say to Ricky's point, if Houston goes awry, if he doesn't ride very well, if he just crashes, has a first turn crash, something that's not even his fault, but if there's more variance in his results, then, then I think there's something to it because it becomes a little bit more deep seated. That thought process in his head can change a little bit and take root. And then you have something to worry about. We're not there yet. I'm not there yet. Ricky's a little bit ahead of me on that thought process. So we'll see how Houston plays out. We'll see if there's anything to it. But for now, I'm just going to take it as a crash and uh, just kind of, as Steve would say, in a vacuum. Um, but there are other people kind of whispering, like, hey, this could, be, this could be a chink in his armor. Mentally, this could be something that the other guys could latch on to. So that's it for this week. Um, I do have a couple of uh, honorable mentions. Malcolm Stewart, he's out. So we'll see what comes there. But he's been, he's been so fast so far this year. I wanted to mention him. Um, he, he just has really kind of changed um, his expectation. You know, I, I thought he could win this year. I just don't know where he's at health-wise. Also wanted to mention Christian Craig. He's not had the best season so far, right? He hasn't gotten a top 10 finish yet. And this is a guy a lot of us pointed to. We thought he would possibly be on the podium. And he hasn't really been close yet. He did have a huge crash today one. I think that's still weighing on him a bit. But all of us, I think, have expected more than we've gotten from him. So we'll see what the East Coast swing brings for uh, Christian Craig. And then Colt Nichols is the last guy I wanted to mention. He's just been solid, right? He had that great A1 that blew all of us away. It was surprising, shocking. But the next two have been more kind of what I expected. Top 15, riding pretty well, uh, but not – you know, not a podium guy, not a top five guy. Um, so this is more of, I think, where a lot of us expected Colt to be. Um, can he be top 10? I think he can, but I have him, I have him like nine to 12 most weekends. So um, this is a little bit more of what I expected. That's not right or wrong, you know, for me. That's just what I expected. Um, and, and he's kind of giving us, and, and you look at the field, it's probably where he should be, right? Christian Craig's in 11th. They were very close on the two fifties. And then you, where do these guys slot in? Like you're battling multi-time champions every step of the way in front of that, right? It's not like Sabachi. He's a, he was crazy good, right? He's been a, he's been on the podium in, two, in the 450 class. Like he's factory guy level. So it's, it's no, none of these guys are pushover. So it's not like, Hey, come on, Colt, come on, Christian, just move up. It's not that easy because every step of the rung from here, you're battling some 250 legend that is now a factory 450 guy. So, uh, it's a daunting task when you just say, hey, we need to do better. Um, well, yeah, no kidding, but good luck finding a way to, uh, to get that accomplished. So that's it for this week. Thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you to all the sponsors. I'm off to Houston today. I'll be there all week. And then, uh, yeah, Houston, first East Coast 250 class. So we'll, uh, we'll have a lot to talk about with the first 250 round underway. See you.